Come on, Michael. Come on, Jolie. Let's go to the bar. We won't be sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell was that? Awesome, eh? Let's go to the mall, everybody. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology. My name is Chris. I am your host for this month's bracket. And this month, we are determining the best fictional band ever. And we are here with the final quadrant in the round of 64. You all can take your heads out of your hands now. That just happened. Let's start with our usual game of how you doing, what you're drinking. We're going to start in Fort Worth, Texas. Steven, go ahead. I'm I'm still recovering from what you just did. I'm here. I, I was fine. I have a Diet Coke. And I'm going to go cry in a corner while the rest of the people say hello. All right. Steven's crying in a corner. Let's see what Mike's doing. Uh, Mike is very quickly popping open his beer, which is a Samuel Adams holiday porter, which is only 5.8% alcohol by volume, which is clearly not enough after what just <laughs> happened. But uh, I have several more uh, Sam Adams holiday mix pack beers standing by that I will probably be working my way through very quickly. Well, as Mike continues to binge drink till his liver gives out, we're going over to Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, your turn, sir. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I am currently drinking a uh, Rua American Single Malt Whiskey from the uh, Great Wagon Road Distillery, located in the only cool part of that finance bro capital of the world, Charlotte, North Carolina. Freaking Charlotte. Uh... <laughs> You're wow. cool, Noda. Uh, I like you. But this whiskey, probably the best thing to come out of Charlotte. It's a really nice, smooth, flavorful whiskey. Worth a try if you can get it wherever you are. Well, the guy who works in finance is going to keep his mouth shut. We're moving on. Wesley Chapel, Jason, not Wesley Chapel. You're going to be in loot. But Jason, how you doing, sir? And what you drinking? Riverview, in fact. You're in Lutz so, now? No, no, Tampa. Tampa proper now. Oh, my God. Who the hell lives in? Never mind. Go. I, I don't know. We won't question it. <laughs> Some, I'm sure somebody does. You know. I am drinking a gifted wine bottle. White wine. German Edelweiss by Papa Moon Vineyards and Winery from Nebraska. Let's give this a try real quick. <laughs> that Nebraska wine. Mm. It's well known. <sighs> Famous, well, famous for its wine. Yeah, just in case the person who gifted this to me is listening, it was it was a wine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> there are several North Carolina wines that are unfortunately failed to live up even to that low standard. <laughs> Nebraska, no good at college football, no good at wine. Moving on. <laughs> Last but not least, from Tampa, Florida as well. I referred to him earlier as Jolie because it's the only way I can get something to work. Joel, my friend, same to you. Hey, you know, I got to give you props, Chris. Uh, none of these other chumps on this call would be willing to dare try any of that stuff. So good on you for doing that. I'm, uh, I'm sucking on some ice cubes that is laced with the remainder of a glass of screwball. Uh, and I've got a Coke Zero to chase it down at the end of this podcast so that I try and stay civil. I'll take that. I will give Mike a shout out for the uh, the best uh, theme song bracket. He had eight, I think eight total. 
Uh, uh, seven, seven. I skipped one episode. You did. You lazy bastard. I was. Seven parodies that were great. And all of them led to Steven's heart being broken. It was phenomenal. But I've got one of my last two beers from my trip to Vermont. So when I went to Vermont, they told me there's two different beers I have to get. No matter what happens, I have to get these. Um, one is a beer called Hetty Topper. It's an IPA out of Vermont. These are two beers you can only really get in that area. The other one is this one. This is from Lawnest Lawson's. Sorry, not Lawnest. I don't know what the Lawnest means. Lawson's Finest Liquids. This is an IPA called A Sip of Sunshine. Uh, it is 8% ABV, and uh, everyone in Rhode Island and New England swore by this beer. This and uh, Hetty Topper, I've been told, are amazing, so let's give it a shot. It tastes like an IPA. <laughs> I don't get it, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not an IPA guy, but I'm going to keep giving them a shot until I find one that I fall in love with. We're getting started. The last one seed is about to be revealed. We have got a 1 versus 16 matchup. We're going to have your one seed. Of course, this was going to be a one seed. You should know that. It's Spinal Tap taking on your 16 seed from the television show Arrested Development, Dr. Funke's 100% natural good time family band solution. We're starting off with Steven. Yeah, this one should be very easy for me, but recently I took a Timo cell, and for some reason I'm just feeling happy about everything that's going on here. Um, Except no. my singing, right? Well, that's why I had to take the Timo cell, Chris. <laughs> you drive me to Timo cell. No, no, it's a Dr. Fuquet. I mean, let's be honest. They, they do jingles. That's what the band does. It's a jingle band at best. Nobody's going to listen to a concert full of jingles. We're going to have to definitely go with Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap has its first vote. Going to Mike. I actually watched Spinal Tap, uh, rewatched This Is Spinal Tap, I should say, recently because my friend Aaron was in town a few months ago and he'd never seen it and it was late one night and somehow it came came along. I had forgotten how incredible that movie is. It, I could not believe how much life imitated art after that movie. He kept going, wait, when did this movie come out? It's referencing this thing and oh no, that thing happened after this. Oh yeah, it was it was insane. And part of the reason it works is because the music is so spot on. It whether they're the 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 '60s hippie band of listening to the Flower People or the ridiculous, you know, big bottom type of song making fun of you know the excess of Queen and all that kind of stuff. Their Spinal Tap is phenomenal. As Steven said, I I would take some Tamasil based on Dr. Funke's recommendation, but that they didn't stand a chance here. Spinal Tap, all the way. Spinal Tap's got a two to nothing lead. Next pick is Jeff. Yes, I, I'm a I'm a big Arrested Development fan uh, to the point where my wife and I actually went uh, as Tobias and Lindsay for Halloween once. <laughs> but come on, man, it's Spinal Tap. That that's just. Yeah, it's such a great movie, and the songs are a lot of fun. Uh, I've definitely, unfortunately, been to a few concerts in the past few years where I've had to reference the scene where Nigel is playing the guitar with his violin and making some incredibly crazy noises and then tunes it once. I love that scene. It's so much fun. And every time I hear a terrible band live, I'm like, yep, that, that's it. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking of right there. 
We'll talk a lot more about it in the next couple of rounds, obviously, because it's moving on. Spinal Tap's got a 3 nothing lead. It's definitely moving on. We're moving on to Jason. Uh, yeah, guys, I'm sorry, but uh, I think Spinal Tap's rated too highly. I think um, it should be moved all the way down to 11. That's one more than 10, if you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you were scaring me for a second. <laughs> you, had, you had me going there, man. We, I was about to have a coronary there for a second. Oh, my God. That was great. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity, guys. Come on. That was too easy. Low-hanging fruit right. and all that. Yeah, no, no. Spinal Tap. Come on. Uh, Arrested Development's hysterical. It's funny. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's no uh, competition. Spinal Tap has its fourth vote. Joel, do we have a sweep? Well, first off, I'd like to say I think uh, a great bonus for Patreon viewers would have to be a picture of Jeff as Tobias. Um, that's got to go up there as bonus content. For yes. We've got to see that. No, that needs um, to be uh, an NFT. So and my <laughs> wife had the uh, the outfit that she wears to the prison when she's trying to attract attention. Yes. It, was great. it was pretty solid. The <laughs> Arrested Development, phenomenal show. Love it to death. Super funny character. Uh, there is no I in this band sucks, at least not where you think. Um, I, yeah, I got to go with Spinal Tap. Come on. They cover so many genres. It's one of the best music movies of all time. Hands down, we'll be talking about this in the last episode when it's the final two. Wow. Bold predictions there. Spinal Tap has a commanding five to nothing sweep on its hands, and we're moving on. Mike is kicking us off. The eighth seed from the television show How I Met Your Mother, the aforementioned Robin Sparkles. Taking on the nine seed from the from a movie that I love. I love this movie. A Mighty Wind is the Folksman. Mike, kick us off. I don't know if Chris intentionally put me first on this one because I texted him four days ago or something like that. And I said, dude, Robin Sparkles is not on this list, at which point he completely rearranged the bracket to make sure that Robin Sparkles made it on this list. After um, we recorded the first two episodes, by the way. It, it, exactly. Exactly. So, no, it, Chris said it. Uh, a Mighty Wind is a, is a is a great movie, and it, there is a part of me that really wants to go for the Folksman here. That that genre is and style is very underrepresented in this bracket and in movies in general. Really, uh, as I mean, obviously, A Mighty Wind is a little bit of a parody, but it's also it's also very true to the genre too. So they're they're it's really good. But my heart's going my heart's going to Robin Sparkles here. Every time I say to my daughters. Let's go to, and basically anywhere, I immediately in my head and sometimes out loud saying, let's go to. So, for example, if I'm saying, hey, you guys want to go to the park? I'll suddenly say, let's go to the park. It's it's become such a thing. And honestly, I, I, I kind of like her turn into the dark grunge phase, too. I was I was following along with her for that whole journey. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Robin Sparkles here. Robin Sparkles picks up her first vote. Next pick here goes to Jeff. So there was a message that uh, said, oh, there's a catastrophic uh, thing that we've we've left out of the bracket. We've left, uh, we have to rearrange everything. And I asked who it was. And Chris said, oh, it's Robin Sparkles. And I said, who? <laughs> it's a band I've never heard of. From a TV show I've vaguely heard of. Okay, cool. 
glad we got that one in there. Uh, clearly, it means something to Mike, and uh, I, I applaud him for that. Uh, the Folksmen are better musically. Uh, they have actually opened for Spinal Tap, uh, which is easy to do when it's the same three people. Uh, so that's uh, they actually did play a series of concerts together in the, the early 2000s, uh, where I guess Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer would come out in one set of costumes and then come out in a different set of costumes. Uh so, yeah, I'm going to vote for the Folksman here, if for no other reason, just to set up the guest McKean Shearer Bowl in the next round. <laughs> one to one, Folksman. Robin Sparkles. Next pick is going to Jason. Ooh, all right. So, fun stuff here. I'm partial to these fictional bands when the actors actually play. Michael McKean's actually, I believe, up there with Harry playing the music, which I'm a sucker for. I love it. I think that's fantastic that they can do that stuff. Then uh, you have Robin Sparkles from How I Met Your Mother. Excellent show. Loved it. Uh, Robin Sparkles is that Canadian, like, Avril Lavigne-ish, girly, I don't know, something. It's Canadian, so we'll just go with it. You know, the beer sucks, by the way. And uh, <laughs> the winner of this one has to face Spinal Tap. So I have to choose someone that could go toe-to-toe with Spinal Tap and give it a run for its money. So my choice is, wait for it, Robin Sparkles. Robin Sparkles has picked up a second vote. And we're going to go to Joel and see, where where is this going to land, Joel? Well, see, here's the thing. Both Robin Sparkles and the Folksmen are are parodies of a, what I'd say, a certain genre, right? Robin Sparkles is kind of making fun of the 80s Debbie Gibson, teeny kind of a, a vibe and throws in the Canadian stuff in there, too. The Folksmen is, is a parody of bluegrass and, and that whole genre, that kind of thing. However... I gotta give, I gotta give extra credit points for a tasteful parody, uh, where Robin Sparkles is almost too cheesy for me. You know the, the Canadian rhymes and and the random robot on the table in the food court, uh, just kind of throw it over for me. Uh, I gotta say, the folksmen are very classy and and honestly, just like Spinal Tap a genuine parody of uh, of the genres and stuff. Uh, Lightning Strikes Twice for Christopher Guest. I'm going the Folksman. And with that, we've got a two-to-two two tie. It's going to be heading over to Steven. Before we do that, does anybody want to throw their buzzer beater to try and sway Steven one way or another? We have three buzzer beaters remaining. Steven, that awkward silence means it's time for you to speak. Okay, I'm a little disappointed because as soon as you said well and then took a pause, 
I thought for sure you were going to end that with, well, there's a puppy in the parlor and a skip it on the stove and a smelly old blanket with a Navajo. Well, there's a chicken on the table, which kind of seems like cooking out at Old Joe's place. Because there's yes. one here that's clearly catching that you can remember forever because it's entertaining as hell. Yeah, you'd have to suffer through that Barnyard Symphony sing-along crap, but I'd much rather watch the full the concert of the Folksmen than Robin Sparkles. It's just a much more entertaining band. It's a lot more fun. And Robin Sparkles the joke wears very, very thin very, very quickly. So I'd much rather watch The Folksman. They get my vote. The Folksman picks up its third vote. They are moving on to the round of 32. And the last-minute edition of Robin Sparkles lasted all of about six minutes. We're moving on. Actually, it's ironically more screen time than Maria Hill got in Endgame, but we're not going to go there. Moving right along, we have got Jeff kicking us off. The five seed, Marvin Barry and the Starlighters from Back to the Future, taking on the 12 seed from the movie of the same name, Eddie and the Cruisers. Well, I've seen one of these movies. I love one of these movies. And I love the scene that Marvin Barry and the Starlighters appear in in one of these movies. Do we get to count? Michael J. Fox is part of the band, or uh, uh, or not? I, I I'm not totally clear on that, but I'm not sure it matters at this stage of the game because even though I I actually kind of like the on, on the dark side song that uh, John Cafferty did for Eddie and the Cruisers, uh, John Cafferty I guess being Eddie and the Cruisers in real life. Uh, yeah. You have to give this to Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, despite the fact that they don't necessarily have a ton of original stuff, but they're just in a much better movie. And I would much rather watch that senior prom or whatever it is that they're in that uh, the than anything involving Eddie and the Cruisers, I guess. Because, what? Well... Marvin Barry has his first vote. The next pick here is going to Jason. I'm glad Jeff went first because I'm getting a little buzz now, so my eloquency is deteriorating quickly. You're going first next time, so drink up. <laughs> oh, shit. It's all freaking gone for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> I liked whatever he said. Yes, ditto. No, no, no. Marvin Barry and the Star Fighters, uh, Right, I love the song. Right, Earth Angel, Earth Angel, won't you? I'm not gonna sing. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna torment you. No, who here. would want to be embarrassed on a national podcast by singing it, on it? For real, right? Like, all right, let me keep going. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, podcast is national when it's clearly an international podcast. Oh, well then, on that, I will sober up quickly. I don't know why I'm using an accent now. That was terrible. I'm sorry. That was we're getting bad now. All right, Marvin Barry and the Starlighter or Star <laughs> Starlighters. <laughs> yes, it's got my phone. I've never actually even seen Eddie and the Cruiser, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but come on, it's Back to the Future. Marvin Barry makes a phone call to his cousin. We're gonna see if that phone call goes through. We're going over next to Joel. The only thing worse than Eddie and the Cruisers is the 1989 sequel, Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. Uh, 
which sounds extremely like a horror film. Is that um, real? Yes, it is. 100%. I, I didn't it's, know that, yeah. It's titled either. Eddie Lives. As the... <laughs> <laughs> He's back. <laughs> um, not only is Marvin Berry and the Starlights a better band, but Leah Thompson does things to me. I'm going to choose them. Bye. Well, as Joel sums up my entire, uh, you know, Leah Thompson experience with one comment, we're moving along to Steven. Yeah, this is actually harder than it should be because the best song the Starlighters play, Johnny Be Good, is not their song. That song exists apparently in a time loop. And it's kind of a weird time loop where a white kid goes back in time to invent rock and roll and give it to an African-American band. <laughs> It was not quite right, but despite all that, despite the fact that I was the only one that didn't say anything bad about the Nazis, and despite the fact that I voted for the uh, album that has a clan wizard scene, what I called the best song, I'm still going to vote for Johnny B. Good, Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Don't you put that Texas spin on Marvin Berry. Don't do it. <laughs> that, that sounded kind of like critical race theory there, Stephen. <laughs> It's still technically legal in my state. It's not midnight yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right. Chris, save us. I'm trying, but I'm laughing. All right, we're moving We're moving on. We got one pick left, and that's Mike. Oh, God help us all. All right, first of all, I need to do this. I don't know if that came through at all. I'm opening another bottle. It's fine. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be the lone dissenting voice here. Steven alluded to Marty McFly, who's not even a member of Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, being the white dude that somehow gives Marvin's cousin Chuck the idea for Johnny Be Good Now. The Starlighters are fine. They're, they're a fine band to play the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Sure, that's okay, but no. This is Eddie and the Cruisers for me. On the Dark Side's a great song. Like, they're much more of a, I don't want to say legitimate band, because obviously Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, they're a good, they're a good band, but they're, they're more of that. They're just, they're kind of, they're a, they're a high school prom enchantment under the sea dance type of band. Like Eddie, Eddie and the Cruisers, they're more likely to play big shows and have a more interesting discography, I think. They're not just a cover band. So I'll throw them a token vote here. All right. And with that, Marvin, Barry, and the Starlighters are moving on to the round of 32, and we are moving on. Jason is kicking us off to, in my opinion, is maybe the most interesting matchup in the round of 64. And we stayed to the last episode. You've got the four seed. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem from the Muppets taking on the 13 seed in, in a movie that I freaking love this movie is hilarious and the music is good from the movie walk hard dewey cox jason take us away i hate this <laughs> this is, we all do and we hate chris yeah. for making us do it this one's hard guys this one really i even though it's five and twelve it's much closer in, in my heart uh as Chris, as Chris, you you alluded to uh, the Dewey Cox Walk Hard movie is fantastic. I love I love them all. Then you have the Muppets. Who doesn't love the Muppets? Like you? Oh, what? I hear I see hands raised. What is happening? What? I hate the Muppets. I didn't grow up on them. 
this is a disappointment. If I would have known that before, I wouldn't have signed up. Just saying. It's it's a deal breaker, guys. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't know. I love the Muppets. Um, yeah, and they're ranked four. Uh, yeah, this one, what can I say that's going to sway anybody? I mean, if you love the Muppets, you're going to probably vote for Dr. T. And if you like Walk Hard, you're going you're gonna to vote for Dewey Cox. If you like both, you're screwed like me. So I'm going to uh, just pick one and pass it along so I don't have to... <laughs> <laughs> to bear the uh, brunt of this here, uh, I'm going to choose Dr. Teeth. Let's do it. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem pick up their first vote. The next vote is going to Joel. Uh, if you don't like a Muppet, you are a Muppet, okay? Uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem are a classic band, uh, borrowing from several different genres of the 70s classic rock. Uh, Floyd Pepper on bass. Uh, is the reason I picked up bass. Man, he's cool. Uh, if you've never seen Rita Moreno, uh, an animal doing fever, that is a classic bit you've got to watch. Uh, and probably the top of my list is their cover of Bohemian Rhapsody, which, uh, again, has both me and my daughters in tears. It spans generations. They're the greatest band of all time, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Dr. Teeth has picked up their second vote. We're bringing the next pick here over to Steven. Yeah, I'm getting out of here because I don't want no part of this shit. Um, how do you pick <laughs> between the two? I mean, Dr. Teeth, you can't even get past Dr. Ted, and I'm already singing, can you picture that? I fucking love that band. It's one of the best parts of the Muppets. Um, that being said, Dewey Cox, it's in a terrible genre of movie, the parody movies, like, you know, scary movie and all that crap, and not another team movie that are not funny. And yet Dewey Cox is incredibly funny. It's a well-made film that's poking fun at a genre that takes itself way too seriously. It's great. Ugh. You know what? I hate to see it go down without a fight. But at the end of the day, only one of these bands features an army of didgeridoos. 50,000 didgeridoos. And that's Dewey Cox. So on the didgeridoo alone, I'm giving it to Dewey. Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe has picked up a vote. We're going to the next pick. Mike. Damn it, the didgeridoo argument's really good. Um, This sucks. This is a sweet 16 matchup, and we're discussing it in the round of 64. How is Dewey Cox a 13th? I don't understand it it's almost a pitch perfect parody of your standard biopic musician like and the, one of the reasons that it transcends a lot of the other crappy parody genres is because the music is so spot on it's great <sighs> but when this bracket came out i said to chris on multiple occasions i am picking dr teeth and the electric mayhem to win it all i was being somewhat facetious i i was but all right. Name a drummer from any of the other bands that we have discussed. I, that's rhetorical. Don't do it. There's probably a couple of that I'm forgetting, but animal. And one of the bands in which the drummer is constantly exploding. That that's I, exactly. I was thinking it's in the same region as Spinal Tap, where the joke is that the drummer doesn't even matter. And Electric Mayhem, the drummer may be the most iconic musician, except they're all great musicians. Ah, this this one. This one sucks. Like I said, it should be a Sweet 16 matchup, I think, if not more. I think it's a, it's a rough one, but my my the Muppets were an omnipresent 
thing in my youth and have been in my life for forever. And the Electric Mayhem is a major part of that. And so I have to give them my vote here. And it pains me because I love Dewey Cox, too. Well, with that, Dewey Cox, we are bidding adieu to you. But I want to hear from everybody. Jeff, give me your opinion. Seriously, poor John C. Riley, man. Dude can get no love. Uh, we don't call him Mr. Cellophane for nothing. That's right. He is, he is Mr. Cellophane. He and, and and that is the song that just like sums up his career because outside of Magnolia and Walk Hard, the man has had no leading roles. Uh, despite the fact that he clearly deserves them as anyone who's watched walk hard can can say it, steven was absolutely right when he said that the parody movie is kind of a, a difficult genre to to put yourself into and walk hard manages it perfectly john c riley does all of his own songs and they're hilarious <laughs> And I'm not a huge Muppets person. Uh, they're there. They're fine. They're 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 whatever. I don't have strong feelings one way or the other about the Muppets. But man, Walk Hard is such a great movie, and Dewey Cox is is so much fun. It really sucks that he's getting voted out in the first round because he deserves so much better. Give him my vote. Dewey Cox has picked up a vote. We are moving on, though, because Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem have clinched their spot in the round of 32. Next up, we are starting this one off with Joel. Joel, you're choosing between the sixth seed of the California Raisins or the 11th seed from the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dingo's Ate My Baby. When I was in kindergarten, back in fifth grade, we had a spring concert. Wait a that second. We did. Yeah, wait. Yeah. Yeah. What? What just happened? What? <laughs> when you were in kindergarten in fifth grade? What no, no, no. Five years old. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Okay. When I was five years old in kindergarten, we had a spring concert, and in that concert we decided we were going to perform Heard It Through the Grapevine by the great California Raisins. We all put on sunglasses and large construction trash bags over ourselves, cut arm holes and a head hole in there and just shoved it on top. And that was our raisin costume for the evening. Uh, and to this day, I both regret it and love that memory. So I'm going to go California Raisins. Also because I've never heard Dingo Ate My Baby. Never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I uh, can't speak to that. Well, the California Raisins pick up their first vote. The next vote here. Let me check my list. It's Steven. So I need a quick clarification and I'll throw it to the peanut gallery. Uh, in universe, are we saying that Dingo's Ate My Baby wrote the theme song to Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Whatever helps you sleep at night, man. <laughs> I mean, I would say yes, right? They played it on the show. Yeah, but, uh, okay, if that's the case, 
then I feel like just to make up for previous injustices on the show, I have to vote in all good conscience for Dingo's Ate My Baby. So just to help balance the cosmic scale slightly in Boozy Bracketology's favor, Dingo's <laughs> Ate My Baby. <laughs> Dingo's Ate My Baby have tied this up. It is one to one. The next pick is going to Mike. I th- I, so I think that vote was because they were omitted from the TV theme song bracket. Is that correct? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to dwell on it, but you could interpret it that way. That's 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 fair. That's fair. It's look, it's no stretch, honestly, to say that elementary school Mike's entire knowledge of Motown and that era of of music came almost exclusively from the California Raisins. Like our our, our car didn't have a working radio at that time. <laughs> It was a different time. And that was where I got, that was where I first heard. I heard it from the grapevine through the grapevine and lots of other songs like that. And they were fantastic. And it really does make me feel like I should vote for them, but they are essentially a cover band. And we've talked about that before, you know, about several other bands on here that are essentially a cover band as much as the novelty of seeing anthropomorphic dried fruit singing in concert does kind of make me want to vote for them here. I'm a sucker for nineties post grunge style. And even though I never got into Buffy the vampire, Buffy the vampire, Slayer, I never really watched. I watched a couple episodes here and there, but I just, I never followed it. But for this bracket, I went and looked up some of the dingoes, a my baby song. And I was like, this is good. I kind of want to hear more from them. So I'm actually going to give them my vote here. The Dingoes Ate My Baby has got its second vote. Holy crap. We're moving on to Jeff. Let's clarify something. I Heard It Through the Grapevine is a song by Marvin Gaye. You can also say it is a song by Gladys Knight and the Pips. You can also say it is a song by Creedence Clearwater Revival. All true. You can under no circumstances... Say that it is a song by the California Raisins. They are a marketing gimmick. They were in an advertisement, and for some reason, everyone decided, oh, there's Raisins singing it. It's awesome. Why? What is wrong with you people, and what is wrong with America, in that we've decided that singing fruit made for the purpose of making a bunch of California farmers money is a legitimate going concern. Dingo's Ate My Baby is fine. Uh, The real music is done by a band called Four Star Mary, which is every bit the Seven Mary Three knockoff that they want you to believe by their name. (laughs) But that is good enough to defeat the abomination unto the Lord that is the California Raisins. Move them on. And with that, Dingo's Ate My Baby is moving on to the round of 32. But we still have one more person I want to hear from. Jason, take us home. So, uh, I'm glad it didn't come down to me. I am partial to the California Raisins for one reason. Jen and I both happen to work with one of the singers of the California Raisins. We know them personally. 
Shut the front door. Yes. <laughs> we actually just worked with them recently. Won't name names. No name send dropping them, send here. Send them my sincerest apologies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trust me, they are very successful. They are doing very well for themselves. Uh, but it, it is funny. Uh, California Raisins is a footnote in their repertoire. But uh, it's, it's, fun. it's fun stuff. So I would have voted for California Raisins. Well, the California Raisins are going to be picking up a sympathy vote, but it's too late. Dingo's Ate My Baby is moving on to the round of 32. We've got three picks left this episode. Let's start with Steven. Steven, the three seed from the movie of the same name is School of Rock or the 14 seed from the Nickelodeon original cartoon television show, Doug. It's the, 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 the beats. Kick us off, Steven. Probably a tougher choice than it needs to be here because there's clearly a band that's better than the others, but one of them makes me think about, you know, sitting on the floor, eating cereal, watching cartoons as a young lad and enjoying myself thoroughly and hearing that stupid one little voice song by the Doug, the Beats. It brings it brings me back to that. It does have a little joy in my heart, but um, no, that's not good enough to beat School of Rock because School of Rock is a legitimately kick-ass band. I would listen to that song, or yeah, I saw they only perform really the one song all day because it's fucking kick-ass. And you know, Jack Black's awesome, and they actually had a lot of talent in those kids. So yeah, School of Rock. School of Rock's got one nothing lead. We're bringing the next pick to Mike. This is where the age thing shows a little bit. I'm just a little bit too old to have ever gotten into Doug. My, my wife actually loves it. I'm a, I'm a cradle robber. Uh, so I actually only was recently introduced to the Beats by one of my coworkers. Uh, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, they nothing not taking anything away from them, but they, they just don't have the chops that School of Rock has. Steven hit the nail on the head. Those kids are f- fantastically talented musicians. And obviously they have, you know, Jack Black helping them along, but they're just, they're really great. And I think they, I think they would be phenomenal to see live. And they're also the complete centerpiece of that entire, that entire movie hinges on that final performance and they knock it out of the park and it's just fantastic. I'd much rather see that band live. I think it would be fan. I think it'd be awesome. So I'm going to also vote for School of Rock. All right, School of Rock has another vote. The next pick here is going to Jeff. Yeah, the, there are a lot of movies and TV shows and whatnot with climactic scenes where the band performs their song and some hit and some miss, and School of Rock fucking knocks it out of the park because that song is amazing. I listened to it again this afternoon as part of my cramming for studying this and you know listen to a bunch of other songs too and i'm going downstairs and getting lunch and just you know, singing to myself rock i no reason rock i no rock yeah i mean it's great uh i have to admit i also have a little bit of an emotional connection to school of rock it's the first movie that my wife and i watched together uh but even without that Man, <laughs> the, the the band is great. The song is great, and it deserves to move on. School of Rock has picked up another vote. We're bringing the next pick here over to Jason. Yeah, guys, I, I'm a sucker 
for some of these bands here that um, perform as themselves, the actors perform as themselves. And the kids in School of Rock totally nailed it. I, I love, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's actually old now. I just looked it up. It's from 2013, but they had a 10-year reunion where they, they got back together with Jack Black live. And man, did they, they nail it again. I love it. I love it. Those I need to all, see this. This is oh, content just, aimed at my heart. Do it. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. So good. I mean, not to take away from, you know, the show Doug. Doug's a good, it, it was a good cartoon. Um, the beats were okay. Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it now. I, I honestly think School of Rock may be the only one who can compete legitimately with Spinal Tap in this whole section. The only one. And School of Rock has got a commanding lead. The last pick is going to Joel. I think Quail Man had the belt on his head a little too tight uh, when he thought he could compete with Jack Black and the School of Rock. I mean, all you got to do is you take these kids from a uppity rich school, you turn them on their side, and cello, you have magic uh, in a movie with them. Uh, the my favorite part of the movie is the ending credits and the jam that they do to ACDC's It's a Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll. One of the classic, classic kind of scenes where it's an outtake. It's just kind of them playing around and having fun, and it's so genuine and loving. Uh, Jason couldn't have said it any better. It's going to be a tough one on the last episode when we're fighting between Spinal Tap and School of Rock. And with that, the sweep has happened. School of Rock moving on to the round of 32. We are moving on to our last two picks of the night. Next up, I'm curious to see where this goes. You've got the seven seed from the raunchy uh, teenage classic Euro Trip is the band Lustra. Taking on the 10 seed from the classic film Coming to America, it's sexual chocolate. We're starting with Mike. You know, Lustra really only has one song to speak of, at least that I can recall. But what a song, man. I, I've only seen Eurotrip once, almost 20 years ago, whenever the, whenever the hell that movie came out. But I still remember Scotty Doesn't Know. <laughs> like, it, that song is super catchy, and... It's fun enough to make me wonder, okay, what 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 is the, what else does this band have? I, obviously, they're basically, and then, you know, I've used this kind of to be down on several other bands throughout this bracket, but they're basically just a high school kind of punk garage band. But they're interesting. Sexual Chocolate, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Sexual Chocolate is particularly interesting to me beyond just the hilariousness of their name. Uh, I mean, obviously being fronted by Eddie Murphy and all that, you know, makeup and whatnot, that's certainly fun. But I think I'm going to have to give my vote to Lustra here. Lustra picks up the first vote. The next pick is going to Jeff. So my vote here is based on one fact and one fact only. Lustra is not a fake band. They are a real band. (laughs) <laughs> they are an actual band out of, uh, I think they were out of Boston at the time, that was recruited to be in this movie and have Matt Damon lip sync along to one of their songs. 
and to write a song for the movie, which they did, and it was funny. And they are real band with real songs and real albums, and they are not fake in any sense of the word, except for the fact that they appeared in a movie. They are not a fake band, and I cannot give them the vote, even if their opponent is the intentionally bad band that they are up against. Uh, the, uh, the, what was it? Sexual Chocolate? Yeah. Which is, that's not a band, that's the name of Foothill's annual winter porter, which is actually kind of awesome. If you have access to Foothill's brewing stuff, go buy a Sexual Chocolate. It's a great beer. Much better beer than it is a band, but fuck it, it's getting my boat because Lustra isn't fake. Well, they're not the same band without their lead singer. One to one, we're moving the next pick here over to Jason. Uh, Lex, uh, sexual chocolate. It's funny stuff. Eddie Murphy frontlining this <laughs> this comedy band. I don't know what it was. It's it, it's not a band that I would go see live, right? I mean, I mean, maybe if it was Eddie Murphy comedy special, I'd go see it. I mean, he's. He's awesome, but uh, no, not not sexual chocolate. The the one hit from Lustra, like uh, Jeff said, uh, it's a real band. I mean, so it's a good song, right? It's a catchy tune. Uh, Scotty doesn't know, but Scotty will know that I voted for Lustra just now. Lustra picks up another vote, and the next pick here is going to Joel. You may know him as Joe the Policeman in the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. But my vote is obviously going for Mr. Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate. I mean, come on. The only thing that would have made my wedding better is if they were the band that played the reception. Come on. It's Sexual Chocolate. You can't say no to that. Sexual Chocolate. And with that... We are yet at yet another two to two tie. And again, this one is going to come down to Steven. Ladies and gentlemen, there are literally, o- there's literally only one pick left after this. Does anybody want to throw their buzzer beater, to try and sway Steven one way or another? Now is the time. Yeah, I'll do it. Why not? Mike's taking his shot. Go ahead, sir. Uh, this is actually, it was one, one or two uh, brackets ago where somebody did this, but I'm going to say the same thing. I didn't even bother to look up Lustra because I remembered them from Eurotrip and blah, blah, blah. I had no idea they were a real band. So if that's the case, then fuck that. You should vote for sexual chocolate. Steven, I don't know what that meant, but let's see if it swayed you one way or another. Go ahead. Take us away. Just buzzer beater against your own vote. <laughs> yeah, I feel like an all good conscious. There's no way I can vote now. Uh, unfortunately, it was the way I was going to vote anyway, because yeah. Lustra is not a fake band. This is as legitimate on this list as, you know, the thing was on the previous bracket. So <laughs> it's going to now sexual chocolate all the way. Okay. Well, the title of this episode is going to be sexual chocolate all the way. <laughs> well, Sky doesn't know that Lustra isn't moving on, but sexual chocolates earned its right to move to the round of 32. And we are moving on to our last pick of the round of 64. And Jeff, you're kicking us off. You have got from the television show Parks and Rec, the two seed of Mouse Rat, 
taking on from the television show Freaks and Geeks, the 15th seed of creation. The Parks and Rec is probably the funniest network sitcom of the past 15 to 20 years. Uh, I I love it, and I'll one of the few shows I'll just sit and binge watch. Uh, Freaks and Geeks is an amazing show too, and if you haven't seen it, go go watch it. It's great. But Creation doesn't have a song. Uh, Mousetrat has several, and if you're a Parks and Rec fan, you will still tear up at the little, Goodbye Little Sebastian song. You will. It, it, it's just going to happen. You'll just remember that episode, and you'll be like, oh my god, Little Sebastian. Yeah, it, it, it's Mousetrat all the way here. And let me just say one more thing. Does anyone else here feel like Joel sounds a little bit like Nick Offerman? I, I'm I am actually picturing one Ron Swanson saying every one of of Joel's comments here. <laughs> I've never met Joel in person. I don't know what you actually look like, but to me, you're Ron Swanson. Sorry. <laughs> a surprise. I will take that as a compliment, sir. Now that is a vote for Mouse Rat. Jason, you're up. Well, now I'm kind of worried. I, I if we have Nick Offerman here, I, I have to vote for Mouse Rat, don't I? I, I don't want to upset anybody. No, yeah, I I uh I I love the show. You know, um Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna say mouse rat. Let's just move it on. <laughs> mouse rat's got another vote. We're going to Joel, or should we say Duke Silver? <laughs> yes, yes, we should uh, say. Listen, it, it, it's obvious. Uh, being a fan of The Office, Parks and Rec is right up there for me. Uh, so my vote is for Three Skin or Tackle Shaft or Nothing Rhymes with Blorange or Jet Black Pope, or Eclair Danes, uh, or any of the other 58 names you can choose for Mouse Rat. Mouse Rat, or Eclair Danes, has picked up another vote. <laughs> and uh, so for our listeners out there, there's a lot, there are more than a couple uh, different uh, things we could have picked out of Parks and Rec. We could have done Duke Silver, we could have done Johnny Karate. I had, to, I had to cut the limit somewhere. We did one. We did Mouse Rack. That's one everyone knows. But we're moving on. The next pick is going to Steven. Let's see if we can get to a sweep. Yeah, I mean, uh, what else could you say about it? Parks and Rec works as one of the greatest sitcoms of all time because it's legitimately funny and the characters are legitimately earnest and heartwarming and you care about them. And Mouse Rat is an imperfect encapsulation of that. Uh, you know, it's a bad Dave Matthews band knockoff that's somehow just delightful and happy and perfect as a Dave Matthews man knockoff. And if you're not going to sing along with the pit or Bye Bye Little Sebastian or the song he wrote for April, November, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Mouse Rat is a legitimately good band that I would be happy to go to a concert to any time. So... Yeah, it's 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Mouse Rat. 
Mouse Rat's got its fourth vote. We're bringing it over to Mike to see if we have a sweep. It, it continually weighs on me. This is my confession. It continually weighs on me that I have never watched Parks and Rec. I, I, it's always been there, and I've just never taken the dive because by the time I recognized what it was, it was it it. It's always been one that I've been meaning to binge watch, and it's just it's been hard to do. It's been on you know my wife's list for forever because she hasn't done it either. Regardless, Mouse Rat took on a life of its own just in cyberspace like i was aware of that just by perusing reddit and shit like that it i so i knew them i knew five thousand candles in the wind and that kind of thing just from references that other people made meanwhile i've actually watched freaks and geeks i've seen every single episode and i forgot that their little makeshift band without a song as jeff said even had a name i think they went through a couple i this is very clearly mouse rat and i it'll be interesting to see what kind of legs they have um i have a sneaking subscription to least get past the next round but uh no it's definitely mouse rat here or everything rhymes with orange was actually my favorite alternate name of them and with that mouse rat is swept its way into the round of 32 and the round of 32 ladies and gentlemen from this portion of the bracket is going to be very interesting because we're going to have spinal tap taking on the folksman Marvin Barry and the Starlighters taking on Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Dingoes ate my baby against the school of rock. And then Sexual Chocolate taking on Mouse Rat. These are just a microcosm of words I never thought I'd put together in one sentence, but I just did. <laughs> uh, listen. If you're enjoying the Boozy Bracketology podcast, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PTEBB is your exclusive home for all of our bonus content. Not just for Boozy Bracketology, but our sister podcast. Cod there you go. Podcast. Codpiece. This beer is working. Our sister podcast, the Pub Sounds Trivia fishy. Experience. On Facebook is the Lounge. Fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology. Find us on Instagram, Boozy Bracketology. Twitter at Boozy Brackets due to those damn character limitations. Neither here nor there. We hope you enjoyed the show for the Boozy Bracketology podcast. I have been Chris. I have been Steven. I'm Mike. I have been and am still Jeff. I'm Jason. Ron Swanson here. <laughs> We will see you next time with the round of 32. Have a good one.